Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get into the music. Today's show is brought to you in part by Luthier's Workshop in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Luthier's Workshop is renowned for superior stringed instrument repairs and restorations, as well as top-shelf service. Luthier's Workshop sells new and used guitars, accessories, and an assortment of new and vintage gear. You can find them at luthiersworkshop.com and check out their online shop only on Reverb.com. And now, let's get into the music. Hello everyone, this is Rob and welcome to the show. My guest today is Tom Thiel, who is an extraordinary musician. He's crafted a pair of outstanding albums as well as one with guitarist Jay Stulo. And it's really hard to pigeonhole Tom's music because he pulls from so many genres to create some very unique songs. It's not hard to see in your mind the incredible imagery his lyrics conjure up. And that's a talent that's rare these days. And with that, I welcome Tom Thiel to Into the Music. How are you doing, Tom? Great. Thanks, Rob. That was uh, quite the introduction. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's well-deserved. I I got to tell you, listening to your music over the last day, I'm just blown away by both your solo albums and your album that you did with Jay Stulo. I mean, everything just All right. is done oh. on another level. Well, thanks so much, and thanks for having me on to kind of promote myself a little bit, which uh, I'm usually very poor at doing that. So, Well, we're going to let you shine today. <laughs> so I have to say your lyrics are incredible. I mean, there's really nothing over the top. They just come across as sincere, genuine, but they just conjure up some really cool word pictures. Where do you draw your inspirations from? Yeah, uh, a lot of the inspiration comes from memories that I have and real life, you know, things that are happening around me. And I'm kind of an observer. So my wife often tells me I seem preoccupied or uninterested in things, but it's because I'm I'm taking things in and processing things. Um, word pictures, I like that. That's a good way to describe it. Uh, you know, I, I'm a daydreamer, and the lyrics start there a lot of the times. Uh, it's almost like I conjure up a, a movie in my head, but I just kind of translate it all into lyrics. So maybe I should have been a movie producer or something. But then I like to combine ideas, like take two different situations or two different ideas and combine them so the uh, lyrics are a little more interesting, I guess. What you just said there, that combining of two different ideas or two different concepts, it's something that very few lyricists are able to do and and just really pull it off in in the way that you do. Well, thanks. Yeah, sometimes I feel like it could be confusing or um, disjointed, but I think if you do it the right way, it all keeps things interesting and ties it all together. Now, one thing I've noticed about uh, your two albums is their consistency. 
nothing ever feels forced. There's an ease to your style, and you seem to have just a, a natural ability to sell each song. Was that something that you had to work at, or did it just come naturally? That's interesting. Um, I did kind of work at it in the past. Um, I was in a pop rock band called Boxcar for about 15 years, and we released a couple albums, and we're playing about 200 gigs a year, and I learned a lot about writing hooks, like, you know, catchy songs during that time. So now I like to write lyrics that are meaningful to me, but I still want to hear that hook. I still need something catchy in a song. And I think that's what sells the song. You know, it draws people in. And I always say, let the song do the work. So if the song's written well, then like you said, it doesn't sound forced. And I think that's kind of the trick, just uh, good songwriting, good ideas, and still have something that is hooky that the listener can latch onto. You mentioned Boxcar. You guys recently just reunited, did you not? We did. We played a one-time thing at Jones Park, downtown Appleton. Uh, it had been about seven years since we had played together, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great when you guys can pull that thing back together and really just kind of pick up a little bit where you left off. Yeah, it's uh, we tried. We had other offers for a few other shows, but everybody's so busy. You know, our singer is now the drummer for Cool Waters, and our drummer is the drummer for Road Trip, and our bass player is in the glam band. One of our other guitar players is the pilot. Uh, it's just crazy schedules to work with so it might only be a once every year type thing yeah it's so good when you can do that though and it oh, just yeah. kind of makes each appearance a little bit more special it really does yeah there were i was surprised to look out in the audience and i saw people crying it was just it was crazy but it was a great night yeah the Old Shadows album, which was released in 2017, really has an intimate feel to it. You know, I hear you pulling from a lot of different genres like country, folk, bluegrass, blues. Um, I even hear some Appalachian stuff in there. And right. What a mix. So what and or who were your influences around the time of that album's creation? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I didn't grow up listening to, like, all the classic people. I didn't listen to Bob Dylan or Tom Petty or the Blues or Bruce Springsteen until much later. I kind of got all of my folk and country blues influence secondhand from Led Zeppelin. And uh, around that time, when I was writing those songs for Old Shadows, I was listening to, like, a lot of Led Zeppelin three. Chris Whitley, Pat McDonald, maybe some newer folk guys like Gregory Allen Isaacov. But uh, as I wrote those songs, it kind of dictated the direction for the songs that would follow. You know, it kind of, the whole project gained more focus with each song. So that was kind of exciting. I wasn't sure where it was all headed at the beginning, but it all seems pretty cohesive when I look back or listen back. And you mentioned it was uh, it sounds intimate, and it does sound intimate to me also for a couple of reasons. 
And one I've never really talked about, but I was having some uh, hearing issues in one ear for quite a while, and it was pretty major. And it's one of the reasons I quit the band Boxcar and decided to start playing acoustic. But the hearing issue was kind of manageable if I sang really quiet and in a lower register. And so I think doing that, singing quiet and lower, it really added some intimacy to that record. And then the other thing was that it was uh, kind of a lonely experience because I was used to being in the studio with a full band with four or five other guys hanging out, drinking beer on the couch in the control room or whatever. And this time was just me and the engineer, Tony Anders. It's pretty much just the two of us. But I did have a couple of my old bandmates play on a couple tracks. I had Matt Gieske, the drummer, played drums on just about everything that has drums. And Chris Sabini played percussion on Prayer for Bagley John. And Matt Hammond, our bass player, eventually joined my trio for a while. So I did get to hang out with some other people. But yeah, it was it was a different experience on that on that record. Now you mentioned Prayer for Bagley John. It's a track we're gonna uh take a listen to here. What's the song about and how did you come to write the music for it? Yeah, the music part I had around for quite a while. I'd been playing in alternate tunings, open tunings for a long time, and I had these guitar parts, but no lyrics. And I was in an old used bookstore with my wife, and I saw this book about hermits of the Mississippi River. It was just a small little paperback book, and I was flipping through, and I started reading this story of uh, John Bagley, who lived alongside the Mississippi River in Bagley, Wisconsin. And I started reading it, so I kind of knew a little bit about the character, but then all of a sudden we had to leave. So I didn't ever find out what happened to him. So I went home and I just kind of made up the ending where someone ends up shot, you know, ends up in a whiskey barrel, things like that. So I just kind of, that's another thing, I combined ideas. I combined some truth you know, from what I read in the book. And then I made up the last half and just combined it all together. And then I got home and uh, rearranged the guitar parts that I had a little bit. And it just all came together, like fell into place in a few minutes. All right. Well, here's Prayer for Bagley John by Tom Thiel. Words unspoken hide that southern draw of a warning man who I ran
Now, in between your two studio albums, uh, you recorded Ghosts Around Here with Jay Stulo, which is just a killer album. Mm, thanks. Very electric guitar based. It's harder edged, lots of grooves, and some of the great interplay between you and Jay, just mind-blowing. How did this project come about, and how was the direction of the album decided? Yeah, um, so that's interesting, too. People forget that Jay basically retired from playing for about 10 years. He had taken years off. You know, he's such a phenomenal player, I can't believe he just stopped. But we started working together at our day jobs, and he had a guitar in his office, so I would always walk in there, and we'd be showing each other guitar licks and playing things. And then I think, I think it might have sparked some interest in him to get playing again, you know. So we eventually got a house gig every Sunday night at uh, the Gibson Music Hall. Started playing there every week. And then we'd throw new song ideas in every week. And then Jay had a lot of song ideas kind of all ready to go. So it kind of went really fast. And we wanted Chris Hanaway, who you know is a phenomenal bass player up in Green Bay, and my brother Greg, who was a full-time drummer in Nashville, you know, we knew we had to do it with those guys. So uh, we just kind of sent them demos through the internet, emailed things back and forth. And then my brother flew up here and we recorded most of it live. And I had to really push myself because uh, I hadn't played much electric guitar in a while. I was playing with Kurt Gunn, the Kurt Gunn band, which was awesome. I love Kurt's songs and but Jay, you know, is such a phenomenal guitar player. I really had to take things up a notch. But uh, yeah, we recorded it pretty much live. It was all pretty fast. We also did a rock garden live session where we played all those songs live in front of a crowd. It, it was it was great. And you know, Jay and I, I still play with the Jay Stulo band. Sometimes guitar, sometimes bass. And Jay and I spend a lot of time traveling together in the van. So we've talked about doing another record someday but we'll see what happens all right now between your two solo efforts and ghosts you've shown to be a very versatile musician 
what do you do to stretch your boundaries and keep your style fresh? I guess I've always listened to a lot of different types of music. And you know, I know people who listen to the same bands that they listened to in high school, and that's cool, but there's just so much music out there, especially classical music. I love classical music, and there is just so much classical out there that I'll never be able to hear it all, and it kind of makes me sad, but <laughs> it's just too much to listen to. And lately I've been trying to listen to more of the old blues guys also, and I also like guys who incorporate electronic sounds with acoustic guitar, like Fink or Gaz Coombs from Supergrass. He is a cool solo project. If anything, sometimes I feel like I'm a little too scattered, like I listen to too much stuff. But uh, I always feel like I'm, you know, moving forward or, or growing or expanding my palette, I guess. You really kind of caught my ear with uh, classical music and then the old blues guys. And I got to ask, oh, sure. what do you gravitate to in the classical category and who do you gravitate to in the old blues guys? Yeah, well, classical, um, I like a lot of Mozart's piano concertos, but they have to be the ones in the minor keys, like uh, the concerto number 21, I think. You know, I even have a book of the the manuscript that I'll, I'll read along, I'll follow along and listen to some of that stuff. But, uh, you know, Rachmaninoff, some of that stuff, um, I like a lot. Uh, so I guess maybe it might be considered, Mozart might be kind of uh, like a popular artist in the classical days, but that's what I'm kind of drawn to, a, a prolific writer and just amazing compositions and um for the old old blues guys i guess uh listening to trying to listen to more bb king like some of the live stuff and just capture some of that feel and his vibrato and you know incorporate that into what i'm doing now just to kind of get my playing a little tastier you know just a little subtle subtleties that i'm trying to pick up from other people B.B. was a master at that subtlety thing, and uh, I got to see him twice, thankfully. Wow. We'll be right back after this short break. Is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I did see him once in Appleton at the at the PAC, so I was lucky enough to see him. Actually, I did see him one other time. I forgot about this. I was playing with Boxcar at uh, – we had played for an inauguration for the inaugural ball, and afterwards we were invited to a private party, and I walked around this room, and I saw B.B. King playing on all these TV screens, and I just thought that was cool that they were playing you know, blues at this party. 
But then I walked further into the room and there he was playing live and they were just broadcasting his performance onto all these TVs. So I got to see him there as well. That was probably 2005 or something like that though. Jeez, what a treat. Right? Yeah. Now, your most current album is Armchair Astronaut, and you recorded that with Mark Goldie at Rock Garden Studio around the time of COVID. How were you able to start this album, have this interruption, and then (laughs) actually bring it to fruition in the midst of all this? Right? You you know, when I think about that album, I, I think of the interruption. I think of how long it took. I think in two sections for sure one was you know writing the songs and i was rehearsing with the the band and then there was just kind of a stop you know um we well we recorded 10 songs and then um so all the basic tracks were there and then it all kind of stopped and then mark goldie was in the studio you know by himself and started mixing the songs one by one by himself, which was cool. I have been in a band with Mark and we were roommates for a while. So I trust him when it comes to that. And he'd send me the final tracks and they were always, always great. And there was one song, um, there's a video on YouTube where Mark Goldie mixes the song Satellite. And it's one hour in the studio with Mark and it's brilliant. You can see his thought process as he's adding sounds and, you know, he ended up getting a, an opera singer to sing some parts in the back. We uh, snuck in the studio for one afternoon and did add some bass and drums and uh, really built that song up because he wanted it to be kind of a big finale. So it was interesting because, you know, Mark had free time on his hands because a lot of people were canceling their sessions because of the lockdown. So he really got to focus on that record, which was mine. So I'm lucky enough that uh, he was willing to uh, just put so much of himself into that. We're going to listen to a track from Armchair Astronaut, and it's called The Curious Moon. And we'll talk a little bit about it after it's done. Walking the tracks back to your place Keep our feet on the ties Just me and you And that curious moon Within reach of the heavens Behind a curtain of clouds I swear your face lit up When the sun went down But there's no hiding from the curious moon Follows our every move, the curious moon Pale white face looking over the city Follows us through the trees Just me and you and that curious moon Slow dancing that old wedding hall Slowly spinning around We held on tight 
till the crowd was all gone. But there's no hiding from the curious moon. Follows our every move, the curious moon. Well, I see. Stars and we hung them around, just me and you and that curious moon. Was gonna be a sold-out show, talk of the town for years, but I forgot my lines and you just disappeared. But there's no hiding from the curious moon. Follows our every move, the curious moon. Just me. Just me and you and that curious moon. Just me and you and that curious moon. All right, that track that we just heard from Armchair Astronaut was called "The Curious Moon." Tom, what was behind that one? Yeah, that's ended up being one of my favorite songs on that record. I had the title in my head for years and it came from, I remember as a kid in the back of my dad's car, cruising down the highway at night and I saw the moon off in the distance and it looks like so steady, like it's not moving while the landscape is just kind of flying by the window. And that always stuck out to me. It was like the moon was watching. So, I was coming up with this song, and I had an idea for some of the verses where it was uh, three different scenes from my past, which I doctored up a little bit. It was all based on true events, three different things that happened to me that I remember. And then I was working on the chorus to the song, and it had this cool, mysterious lift to it. And then I realized that each of these three scenes for the three verses kind of mentioned the moon. And then all of a sudden the lyrics just came out of nowhere about the moon. You know, there's no hiding and the, the moon is just kind of always, you know, watching. A cool thing recently is that uh, my friend Jen Cornell made a video for that song. And it was a finalist at the Stockholm City Film Festival, which was pretty cool. Now, is the video available for listeners to watch on YouTube? No, I'm not sure if it was yet or not. I know she mentioned that it would be eventually. But uh, I think while it was being judged and things, she couldn't share it with anybody. But I'd have to look and see where it is. Okay. 
Now, you're currently back in the studio with Mark Goldie. Uh, can you tell us a bit about the new project and the direction that you have in mind for it? Yeah. You know, I've been playing a lot with my trio, the Tom Thiel Trio, which is myself and Pat Whiteavin on drums. Pat played most of the drums on the Armchair Astronaut also, and Jeremy Reckner on bass. And we've been having a lot of fun just playing, you know, more gigs as a three-piece and so this project kind of started out where we left off, but it's kind of turning into more of like a, a rock band type vibe. But some songs have a little bluesy grunge feel, and some songs have slide guitar. Some have a little bit of Beatles influence. And I'm adding some more guitar solos because on these last two solo projects, they didn't really go that route. I wasn't doing any guitar solos like I was with Jay Stulo. So I'm kind of incorporating that into this next project. So it's sort of continuing where the last record left off, but I think it'll be a little more rock oriented. And uh, I do have some other singer songwriter type songs, but I might work some of those in or I'll save them for something else. I'm not sure yet. As you go along in your career here, is there anybody on your short list that you have in mind that you want to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Oh, boy. You know, there's there's a lot of people that I haven't worked with, and especially Mile of Music, you know, just happened here in Appleton recently. And, you know, there's so many talented bands from out of the area, which is kind of the the charm of Mile of Music. You get to go see the hot up-and-coming bands from, you know, all over the country, you know, come here. But also there are so many talented uh, musicians right from Appleton. You know, Nicholas Raymond is just a phenomenal songwriter. He's got a great voice. I love the Cool Waters Band. I always have. I've worked with some of the guys individually. You know, I've jammed around a campfire with Greg Waters, but I've never done anything, you know, any official project with any of those guys, which I think would be a blast. There's just so much talent in this area, and I've only, you know, tapped into a little corner of it. So I feel lucky to have played with the people that I have around here, but uh, definitely open to playing with other people. You know, Tom, I want to thank you for your contribution to the music scene here in the Fox Valley. And I want to encourage the listeners to go out, find your tunes, whether that be on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube. Just take some time, listen to Tom's stuff, and you are going to be greatly rewarded. I guarantee it. I don't even know how to respond to that. That is so flattering. Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate you having me on the show today. It's it's been fun. Yeah. And folks, uh, before we go, I just want to ask Tom, where can everybody find you online? Uh, Where can people see you live? They can find me at TomThiel.com or TomThielMusic.com or Facebook, uh, just Tom Thiel. And I've got a couple small gigs coming up. We do have something coming up 
at Oktoberfest in Appleton on the last Saturday of September uh, at 12.30 on the WHBY stage. We'll be right before Kyle Magna and the Monsoons and the Cool Waters Band. So it should be a, a good stage to be at that day. All right. So if you're in the area of Appleton on that last Saturday of September, stop on down and catch Tom's set. Excellent. All right, Tom. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. My guest today has been Tom Thiel. Join us next time on Into the Music with bassist Chris Hanaway as our guest. Take care and we'll catch you the next time we get into the music. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Into the Music. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and odyssey.com. Drop us a line on our socials or email us at intothemusic at newprojectx.com. This show is copyright 2023 Project X Productions. Join us next time we get into the music. God bless and take care, everybody.